Hey y'all, this is Aubrey Eden-Dukes, and you're listening to the Scarif Podcast. And that's the Scuttlebutt. We run from noises that go bump in the night. Apparitions in the shadows we fear. Hold fast your nerve as you brave the darkness of Hallow's Eve. But fear not the voices in your head. They only serve to guide. When the Scuttlebutt Podcast show you tune into, we say welcome to the dark side. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Alrighty, welcome Scuttle Buddies to another episode of the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. If you're trying us out for the first time, we really appreciate you and we hope you like what you hear. I am Ro at your service and as always from the sunny regions of the netherworld, Miami, Shanti, <laughs> aka General Shinobi, or as we like to call her, Miss Shanti. How you go? How goes it? I am so ready for this episode. <laughs> yeah, you seems like you even prepared. I did. Wow, I'm so shocked. I am shocked too. I'm more shocked than you are because you never prepare. You usually nope. ignore my notes. And prepared at like one o'clock in the morning because it just oh my God. hit me. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, we are recording on this day, September 23rd, and dropping this show just a few days shy of Halloween. How spooky. Uh, but before we get to that, there's been a lot happening with you, Shanti. Isn't that right? I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> no. Talk about, uh, you know, spreading yourself too thin. That's what she said. But uh-huh. what uh, what have you been up to? And I know I think by now, you know, a lot of our listeners already know. But uh, as of this recording, you just got off of uh, a very special stream. It uh, looked like a lot of fun. Yes. Uh Part of our lovely Red Five network is uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Alan Alan Press Play. He has mm-hmm. his own uh, show that he does on YouTube, and we basically just you know he picks a movie that maybe has just been released or a show or something, and we'll just you know talk about it and it always goes off the rails. But I was thrilled and shocked to get a out of the blue phone call from Alan this afternoon asking me if I actually would like to come on and be his co-host because unfortunately his son can't really commit to the show that much anymore and I of course accepted so I am now co-host of that one and now co-host of Scarab Podcast so wow that's awesome but really tell me the truth you weren't really surprised I mean you've been on his show of like yeah I mean I, I mean, I guess I wasn't too shocked, but shocked at the same time. I don't know why. I guess because I never think anybody wants to talk to me. Oh, <laughs> that's that I'm is so, so self- not true. I know. I'm so <laughs> self-deprecating. Most of the no. time, I'm just like, really? You guys want to talk to me? Why? I, okay, yeah. sure. I'll take it. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, still free. I'm still figuring it out, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of awesome, a while back, uh, we did a, a super fun show about those Universal Studio classic monsters with uh, our wonderful new friend Andrea find her at plus verb and we had such a great time talking about monsters I just Yay. listened to that uh, two days ago 
uh, again, just to kind of get me in the mood for, for this, this show. But uh, we did that show and we wanted, we had so much fun. We wanted to have some more fun. And guess what we did? We brought her back. I Andrea, know. how are you? Thank Woo-hoo. you. I'm doing great. And it's so much fun. I've actually was um, sent it to a, a friend of mine, the, the podcast to listen to just because we were having that conversation. So I listened to it again, just to kind of, you know, get into the spooky, the spooky frame of mind, you know, and <laughs> for this one. So I'm so excited to be back. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, uh, we are tickled pink, as they say in the podcast world. And oh, yes. uh, is, that, is that what they absolutely. say? Absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to have some fun. That's what they say. You're going to learn that real soon. Because <laughs> it uh, looks like you have something uh, going on. And again, we're, we're going to be dropping this uh, a couple of weeks after uh, September 23rd when we're recording it. But uh, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, what your adventures are, are coming up? Oh, yes. So um, um, this weekend, I am launching a new podcast, um, just kind of irreverent fun and discussions about the latest uh, about the Disney, not just Disney, but the theme parks, um, mostly in the United States, but all over the world. So um, it's with a friend of mine, her name is Amy, and she and I have been talking about theme park news for a couple of years now, pretty much all the time. And so we decided to put it out there and see what anybody else had to say and just discuss week to week what's going on and not just Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, all over the world. So I'm really excited about it. It's uh, going to be called Theme Park Real Talk. And it's um, the website is themeparkrealtalk.com, which by the time this goes live is going to be up and running and should have a few episodes. So excited about it. That's awesome. 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 Looking forward to that. Obviously keep us in the loop. We'd love to uh, push yeah. and help uh, people and maybe find be it. Maybe beyond it sometimes. Awesome. Maybe beyond. I yeah. love retweeting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. So uh, getting to tonight's uh, episode, um, I wish I had a, I know this is a podcast episode where we're watching uh, everybody uh, in their environment. And I wish I rented a smoke machine because that, that would that really would come awesome. in handy right now. Uh-huh. Ambiance. But um, absolutely. So ghosts and ghouls, ghouls and ghosts, uh, very spooky topic for tonight. And mm-hmm. uh, Halloween just around the corner. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, you know, since our discussion about monsters, we kind of trailed off towards the end there. And we really got, uh, I guess we got really excited to maybe schedule, you know, this one mm-hmm. and talk about ghosts and ghouls. Um Let's uh, let's get to that first question on the notes. You know, what are ghosts in the traditional sense? What uh, when you when people think of ghosts, you know, obviously there are certain things that people think of. But uh, Andrea, I'm going to ask uh, you, what uh, how do you perceive ghosts in the traditional sense? And, um, you know, we'll start there. You know, it's interesting that ghosts are one of those phenomena, um, like cultural phenomena that appear in literally every human culture, like dating way back to the Stone Age. There are, you know, there's proof that, you know, ancient, ancient, many ancient civilizations believed in people hanging around after they passed away. And I don't know if it was because of wishful thinking or, you mm. know, maybe it's something that we all want to do, or maybe it's just a case that they actually exist. So I, I will say I've, I've never, I think I mentioned this before, before we started recording, but for the sake of our audience, I have never had a paranormal experience myself. So I'm kind of like going to be the scully here. <laughs> I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. You know, I'm not that I'm skeptic. I'm, I'm open to, 
to the idea that they exist, but I've just never had any type of paranormal experience. So having said that, I have done a lot of research and reading about it. And, you know, I'm a big horror buff from way back. So to answer your question, you know, I think, I think that, you know, it might be part wishful thinking and it might be part if something exists that we're all, you know, all these cultures are perceiving the same thing. And I, I like to quote what one of my favorite ghost stories said about it. it's a haunting of hill house is a netflix show that's loosely based on shirley jackson's novel of the same name and in the in the episode i think it's the last episode um one of the main characters says that a ghost can be a lot of things a memory a daydream a secret grief anger guilt but in my experience most times they're just what we want to see most times ghosts are a wish so wow Love that show, first of all. Yeah. Uh, Shanti and I were just kind of like uh, getting all excited. I feel excited like you copied here. my notes. Right. I know. <laughs> no. But, um, Great mind, yeah, right? I'm serious. That's why I'm shocked right now. Yeah. It's, my spirit uh, it's animal, no pun intended. Yeah, right. And <laughs> speaking of mentally connected animal, there. <laughs> I mean, not, not having a paranormal paranormal experience uh you might have one i think your pillow is moving behind i you was right gonna there. say oh, yeah. no that's that's your cat that's, your that's my cat. cat she's she's enormous she looks like an area rug she's actually just a cat so yes <laughs> oh too funny um shanti what about you you know traditional ghosts uh you know we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the cultural aspect uh as mm -hmm. andrea mentioned uh because we all have uh, all three of us have a commonality there but uh what about you traditional ghosts what uh, how do you perceive them are you ready for this <laughs> since i actually oh, wrote yeah. something down <laughs> absolutely and there, you're gonna see the similarities which is why i feel like andy <laughs> <laughs> may have peeked at my notes. Oh no. <laughs> I did say that, you know, ghosts can represent different things. And, you know, for me, in the traditional sense of having, you know, you know, every kid grows up with ghost stories and things like that. You know, we're especially with Casper, you know, we're always told like ghosts are people who've passed on with unfinished business. They didn't feel accomplished enough in their waking life and for whatever reason they they're hanging back. Um and I, you know, I've also, you know, I've also noticed it's always seemed to be tied to some sort of object or whatever. This is why we have the whole haunted house, you know, thing. There's, there's an attachment there. And then on the other side of it, I also think of ghosts as, I, I think we fear ghosts because like anything else, it's, we fear the unknown. And yet at the same time, I feel like ghosts can also bring some sort of strange comfort, you know, and... And then to get with, to what Andy was saying, which is going to lead into the next question, is that ghosts can also, if you're not taking it so literally and being more metaphorical about it, it can be something that's haunting you from your past, a poor life decision, a regret, like Andy said, a wish. So it can definitely have different meanings. Sure. Um, yeah, you mentioned Casper, and um, you know, as a as a kid, you know, a lot of as actually a lot of kids used to love watching Casper mm -hmm. and uh it's it's kind of sad because I wasn't old enough or I when I when I was old enough I realized that that poor kid died right exactly you don't think <laughs> you of <know>. that <laughs> you don't think of that but uh, yeah I mean tongue in cheek for sure <laughs> and like his but whole it, family's it dead is. too like he's got his three uncles that are dead I guess. I guess. Oh, oh, what a tragedy that one must have been <laughs> Took out the whole family. To, the whole family gone. I'm gonna have to rewatch those. 
Jeez. Wiped out like all of them. I don't know. <laughs> Man. You know, ghosts do represent not only, you know, I guess the the not so physical embodiment of uh, of people that have been, you know, gone for a while, but mm-hmm. uh, they're also metaphorical, as you said. You know, you have uh, ghosts that, um, you know, secrets that people keep and things like that. Um, but uh, what are some of the more uh i guess representations of of ghosts what how else can you describe a ghost other than what we've already spoken of like haunt like other than haunting you mean yeah like, yeah you know it's it's interesting because you know there's a lot of negative connotations with ghosts uh in right. you know, especially in american culture it's something that's haunted and a lot of not even just the idea of ghosts existing existing just the, the circumstances under which they you know as shanti said that you know right. a lot of it is about unfinished business or maybe somebody died in a, in a tragic way or things like that but mm-hmm. um in a lot of cultures like in a lot of indigenous cultures and african cultures i know we're, we're gonna we're gonna dive take a deep dive into that in a minute but I, i'm just thinking like in a lot of other cultures and um that they're not necessarily perceived as you know something negative that there's maybe something that um, no, it's you know, our, yeah. our ancestors watching over us and that they help <clears throat> you and that they protect you and that depending on who who they are that you can call on them and that they you know they serve specific purposes in your life so it's not and it's you know there's all kinds of rituals that cultures all across history have had about appeasing them and just making sure they know that they're still honored and that we still care about them. So it's, it's not always that there's not always that great divide between our world right. and their world and depending on, on who, what your background is and what, how you perceive them. I see them as a coping mechanism sometimes, honestly. Sure. Just you yeah. know, that we're so obsessed always with the physical shell and the thought of that physical shell no longer being here. I mean, perfect example as we all know my grandfather passed away not that long ago i still both of my grandfathers are gone i still talk to them as if they're there i give a kiss to a picture every morning and i say good morning abuelos how are you like you know what i mean or like oh i i you know i had fun recording today abuelos you know what i mean like that's the kind of stuff you know whether i think they're there or not it's it's comforting you guys uh, mentioned the haunting of Hill House, which is uh, a really amazing, amazing series on Netflix. Oh, it's easily um, one of my all-time favorite super, shows, of, like from the last, like, perfect yeah. almost to me. It, it is like the all. Let it's me, like a ten, ten. It's like a ten-hour-long film, you know. So just anything yes. about it, yeah. Gorgeous is what it is. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry now, sweetie. That really bad dream. Of course, I'd wake you. What was one of the parts that really scared you guys in that? <laughs> um, for me, it was. I'm, this is probably universal, but it's uh, probably the scene where she jumps out. In, in well, this is yeah, in the car. There's a scene. There's a scene, a very famous jump scare, and it's probably one of the best jump scares yeah. I've ever seen. But um, you know, the the moment of it was very scary. But the 
fact is that it was also really sad because there's mm-hmm. a scene where the two there's three sisters in this family that's being haunted right. and um it certainly uses ghosts as a metaphor for all kinds of things grief and childhood yeah. trauma and mental illness and all kinds of things and um it explores all of that i think very deftly but in this particular scene it's the two sisters that are arguing and the third sister who is no longer with us you know has mm-hmm. this jump scare that happens and um but she really it's not scary so much as speaking to this family's like long-standing dysfunction and how even mm-hmm. in the afterlife this woman is still trying to mitigate this you know this right. uh issue with between her sisters so that is but it's i mean it's, it's almost for me that show was more tragic than scary i mean it was scary it definitely had real real scares in it yeah it did. but it was almost like a gothic gothic horror you know yeah it, mm-hmm. it was almost like a drama because i said the same thing i i actually like it which doesn't happen often obviously because horror sometimes they you know they really want to go the slasher route but i do like it when you get those few horror movies or shows every once in a while that actually makes you cry and the haunting of hill house i've rewatched it maybe five times now and every single time i watch wow. it it makes me cry because there are certain themes that i also relate to uh on that show so again when something speaks to me personally i, I love it even more and and i do like the way the show represents like we talked about earlier that there are different types of ghosts and you got one dealing with the failed marriage because, you know, he didn't want to have kids. You know, the other sister, you know, committed infidelity, drug use, the depression. And talking about all the different choices that they've made in their individual lives produced more ghosts that haunted them. And I think they did such a fantastic job. But to answer Rose's question, as much as I did appreciate that jump scare... I actually felt like it cheapened the show just a tiny bit because you really didn't get a lot of jump scares throughout the show. However, it was done masterfully. The scene that scared me (laughs) is when they focused on the drug addict brother and they showed him with the hat and the big tall ghost is just slowly coming down the hall and you just hear the cane coming at you. Bump, bump. And he's under the bed. And he's holding his breath. And you just when you think the ghost is turning around and is going to leave the room. The kid makes the mistake of letting out that one breath. And the ghost comes back and comes down and scares the living hell out of the kid. Because he actually bends over and peeks under the bed. And that just freaked me the hell out because who as a kid didn't hide under the bed from whatever was supposedly there in your room so it's interesting because i've i've seen i've watched a lot of it's amazing i I watched a lot of um interviews with like the creator and the cast and they were Mm -hmm. all talking about how they uh used a show as an an opportunity to explore what you know ghosts as a metaphor and like a lot of haunted house uh shows and movies they just end with the family escaping successfully and they stop there and so this was an opportunity to see what happens after the end credits right so like this family these live through hell as very young children and it's just to see how that affects them and you know the ghosts of their past literally and figuratively you know haunting them through all 
through all uh you know their lives and how that played out for all you know all five of them in different ways so it's it's a great ghost as metaphors conversation piece, and i'm glad they did it that way because i also <clears throat> felt it made it more accessible um my ex for example he does not like horror in the least bit and i'm the horror queen he does not like it at all and i was actually able to convince him to watch this show because i said i promise you the ghosts if anything and the hauntings in the house are a backdrop It's the dynamic yeah. of the family. It's the collective. Yeah. It's the tragedy that has befallen this family and how they're dealing with it. And the, again, that it's producing more ghosts for them, metaphorically. And he ended up watching it, and he ended up loving it. He's like, "You're right. It wasn't scary in that sense." And it, it, I, it's something that I think can speak to everybody. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, great. a lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, what's more scary is the stuff that you don't see. But, you know, mm -hmm. movies and shows like this usually have those usual tropes. Yeah. Uh, the long hallways, the dark closets, mm -hmm. the, you know, what's hiding under your bed. But I'm going to have to echo, uh, Shanti, your uh, scary moment. But, you know, when he looked under the bed and, and you can hear him coming down the hallway, but then the door opens and there's nothing there. The time that I really freaked out was when you realized that he was floating and you see his legs just kind yes. of like floating across <laughs> under the leg. Oh, my God. Oh. I was like freaking out. I'm one. throwing this on tomorrow yeah. while I work. I'm watching it again tomorrow. <laughs> I, I watch it. Yeah, I watched so it. I watched good, it last man. year and the year for uh, Halloween. I just I watched, watched it. it a few months ago. I'm going to watch it again. I don't even care. I love it. <laughs> It's it's great spooky season watching, um, mm -hmm. and I, I just Absolutely. as of tomorrow actually I think it's debuting either tonight or tomorrow. The creator is is doing another show called Midnight Mass, and I don't I don't think they're dealing. Oh, I think it's dealing with a different type of. Um, it's part of like his, you know Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy, the people who do who did Haunting of Hill House. Um, right. They have made a, a bunch of things together, so they've done a bunch of movies together and. Um, like Stephen King, they have a sort of like threads throughout. They call it the Flaniverse because it's Mike Flanagan. So that's right. People online call it the Flaniverse. And so um, in the Flaniverse, there's been this talk of this uh, author who wrote a book called Midnight Mass. And so I guess he actually created a whole show out of this fictional book that doesn't actually exist. And it's it's debuting tonight. But I don't I don't think it's a ghost story. I think it's more like a possession hmm. kind of. I don't know. I, I'm going to try to maybe check it out this weekend, but. We got two spooky things to watch now. <laughs> nice. So let me ask you the uh, $100,000 question. Uh -oh. And um, uh -oh. so in whatever form <laughs> ghosts take, um, mm -hmm. I'll ask you guys, do you believe in ghosts? Shanti? I believe. I 100% <laughs> believe yeah. and always have. Um, I don't know why, don't know how, we won't get into that, but I've always been a morbid person for as long as I can remember. <laughs> I don't, I feel like I've known about death for a very, you know, since a young age. I've always been fascinated with the afterlife since, since childhood, and I truly believe that that's due to Tim Burton, and specifically Beetlejuice. Um, 
I, I, you know, my parents were actually Tim Burton fans also and watched all of his movies, you know, throughout the 80s and 90s. And they always had his movies running in the background once they were on TV. And I remember watching Beetlejuice and, and seeing it, you know, death and the afterlife being represented in such a strange manner, like it's, you know, an office setting. And, and then, of course, you know, as an adult realizing, well, these people working in the office are civil servants because they all committed suicide. You know what I mean? But... That I believe is my first, you know, explanation of of death in the afterworld, and I because it was done in such a beautiful and comical way. I guess that's why I've always been able to be somewhat very accepting of it. And then, of course, having my own experiences and being somewhat sensitive and not denying my senses. Yeah, I definitely believe in ghosts. <laughs> It, it demystified it for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Andy, how about you? Um, I don't not believe. I've never, I've never had a paranormal experience, and but I, I know so many people that have had to what to me sound like very credible. You know, I, I've, I've, I wouldn't say like ever since I was a child, I've been into like a lot of goth stuff, and I've, you know, I've for me there's always been that irreverent side to it and so i haven't really explored it in a very serious way but i mean like i i was telling you guys i'm a website designer and i've done you know websites for paranormal film documentarians and things like that and these are people that have people sending in just just concentrating in florida you know paranormal experiences like like dozens a week that they hear from you know so obviously a lot of people are having <laughs> paranormal experiences somewhere um you know and it's funny because i've worked in theaters i've done theater um in theaters that were supposed to be haunted that you were supposed mm-hmm. to be able to hear you know dead actresses or whatever <laughs> from 100 years ago uh, haunting the i've just i've just never i've been so excited I, that sounds weird but it sounds so excited to, like maybe maybe this will be it maybe this will be the time when i run <laughs> into a ghost because everybody's heard a ghost in this theater and just even people like you know hearing claiming that they heard it in the production i just never ran into anything remotely paranormal so i'm not saying i don't believe i'm totally open to the fact that you know they they exist because i feel like if i say no i don't believe like tonight i'm gonna see a ghost you know like (laughs) that's how it works right experience yeah Uh yes like it's you know if if i saw one or if i had a paranormal experience i would be like okay I, i would recognize it for what it was i just feel like i have never had anything like that happen before so I'm like cautiously, <laughs> cautiously, no, I don't believe in, but you know, I mean, the fact is that this is everybody. I mean, I do believe in an afterlife. I've just never personally mm-hmm. seen any, you know, ironclad evidence that it, that right. ghosts exist. You know, so. time for the big thank yous podcast family to those of you that support the scarif scuttlebutt podcast team scarif gives you all a heartfelt thank you wonderful people who have found it in their hearts to support our show we're super lucky to have you hello there folks like amanda jedi caligula 89 
Joey Rosales. What up, Joey? The Salty Crew at the Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt. Super fan of many of the Red 5 pods, Nicholas Schaefer. Follow him at Backyard Tardis. What's up, Nick? Our Star Wars celebration friend, Chad, at Hyperspace and Holocrons. Jay from Florida. Our other Floridian, Frank, at the Garrison level. Big thanks. And certainly not least, our executor level patrons, 97 Bravo and the Convergence Podcast. And Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast. Big thanks, you Red Fivers. Go give them a follow. Huge respects to all our patrons for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scare of scuttlebutt. And remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. Don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. So, yeah, so let me let me uh, follow up with that uh, perfect uh, segue to what's in the notes next. So, um, you know, playing devil's advocate, you know, I'll bring in a uh, Star Wars reference because that's how my brain works. <laughs> uh, the force, you know, the force in Star Wars is described as an energy field that surrounds us. It penetrates us, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the rest of what Yoda said, but there's also an adage in physics that energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So it, it always has been and it always will be. Uh, almost like the description of, of 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 God, the Alpha and the Omega. But when you think about that on your uh, about your own essence and how you cannot be- how can you not believe in some sort of energy or some sort of force inside us, a ghost, if you will? Does that change your mind uh, of paranormal or the afterlife? And I, I guess I would be asking a staunch non-believer, and obviously you're very open. But what about those, um, I guess, those comments regarding, you know, ghosts and energy and your essence? And, and obviously, you know, we talked about uh, shared experiences and many cultures do share certain, uh, you know, commonalities when it comes to the afterlife and the treatment of, of ghosts and things like that mm-hmm. in their culture. Um, what would you say to folks that are like, really, no, absolutely not? Um, I'm going to take that one. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go for that one. Um, so I feel like in order to answer that question, I almost feel like you actually have to take the religion aspect out of it because what I had written down basically is we're made up of the same stuff that the universe is made up. We're made up of atoms and molecules and things. Everything else is also made up of those things as well. So I feel that we are connected to the universe in some way, shape, or form because of that. So not to get all Lion King, but I do believe that when we die, you know, the whole bodies become part of the grass kind of thing. You're one with the world again. Like, I totally believe in that. So that's why I almost feel like, and maybe because people are thinking of ghosts from, you know, like a haunted house sense. Right. If you if you don't if you take that out of it and really think about it scientifically, like you're saying, and break it down, and how we, I feel we're part of the universe, how can you not believe in some sort of force, energy, ghost, spirit, whatever you want to call it? I wouldn't necessarily say soul. I don't know if I believe in souls, or if you want to think maybe because when I hear soul, I think more from a religious standpoint. But that would be my my argument. 
Yeah. And to, and to just to add on to that, I think that a lot of things that we used to, or people used to scoff at because they sounded too mystical or they sounded too esoteric, um, you know, over time we have discovered that there is scientific evidence for it. For example, a lot of, you know, shaman kind of, you know, medicine people's practices uh, from all over the world, you know, 300 years later, we discovered, oh, this herb potion that people used to drink has antibiotics in it, you know? And, and so uh, what I'm saying is like over time, a lot of things that we have thought were, um, mystical or people used to think you know i mean Mm. even looking at the stars and things like that people used to think oh those were the gods and that's why they behaved a certain way we found scientific explanations for it so i think you know it's not impossible that what we think of as a soul or ghosts or all these you know hauntings and poltergeists and things that have that there Mm. isn't some type of concrete um, naturalistic explanation for it. And it doesn't necessarily negate the spiritual meaning that people assign to it. So, um, I just feel like that's it, whatever is there, I think there's probably a reasonable explanation that we just haven't come upon yet. So, I mean, even the the fact that we, I know I was going to say that we, you know, the fact that we can measure, what did you say? It was 21 grams, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. It was the, the, right. the, the, yeah. after you die, you know, just the fact that you can do things like that, that wasn't even possible a hundred years ago. So you have, mm-hmm. you have to be open to the possibility that, that you can't just say, no, it can't, doesn't exist. It's, it's all nonsense. It's just people being delusional because right. you don't, you don't know what we're going to discover has some valid scientific explanation. What I was going to say, right. that kind of reminds me of the scene in the first Thor movie where, they're kind of fighting back and forth, Jane and uh, I can't remember Skarsgård's character's name all of a sudden, but that he's kind of like not oh, believing, the, like he's yeah. the, he's not the god of thunder and that that's all magic. And she's like, yeah, but isn't like science in a sense kind of based on magic? I mean, these are things that we don't know and that's why we have science because we're trying to prove these things. So there's always going to be a mystical element to everything that we are completely unaware of or don't have any you know i don't know facts about i mean but if not i mean that people believe in god and i mean you know i mean that's the same thing you're why are you able to believe in god so easily but the thought of a ghost somehow goes right over your head right it's still something you can't see Mm mm-hmm yeah. We teach, our, we teach our kids about Santa. You don't see him. People blindly believe in that. So why ghosts? He's at the he's at the he's at the mall. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've met him. We're trying to buddy the elf now. I know him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know him. He's the neighbor down the street. But let me ask you guys this. You know, we talked uh, uh, about Casper early on and mm-hmm. uh, his poor uh, murdered family. I guess. Oh <laughs> But, you know, as as youngsters, where does the notion of death and afterlife, you know, come from? And I know, again, we'll we'll get into it towards the end here about culture. But, you know, growing up, you know, we see stuff like that and it's it's innocent for the most part. You don't think of Casper as what we just said, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it 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 all starts to add in our in our little brains. Um, But where does the, the rest of it come from? What do you guys think? You mean like, um, like where, where when yeah, you're just a child the notion that, of yeah, the notion of death. of death, I guess, yeah, and yeah, 
Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I know where it came for me, My like with everything else. My education came from movies. I mean, even as what you think might be so innocent, like Rose said, death has been a major element in Disney movies. I mean, it's either mm. one or both of the t- parents are dead or died throughout the course of the movie. Again, like I mentioned earlier, Tim Burton provided me with his view of death in the afterlife via, you know, Beetlejuice and Frankenweenie, which harkens back to us talking about Frankenstein. And I remember having a very emotional reaction to Frankenweenie. And, and so this, you know, the aspect of bringing people back from the dead. And, and then, of course, when you grow up loving Halloween and celebrating it every year like I do, the subject of death is going to come up because you see that stuff as a kid. Yeah, I may have been dressing up like a princess and this and that when I was, you know, five years old. But you also saw, you know, the skeleton masks and the blood and the gore and ghosts. And I think you're going to question those things. Mommy, what is that? How do you answer that question? You're going to it's going to come up. Yeah, I, I think I was sort of um, inured against that stuff be, just because I, um, when I was very small, I was living in um, a smaller town and I went to a very small parochial school and it was a Lutheran school. We were not Lutheran, but for whatever reason, my mother decided this was a good <laughs> a good place for me to go to school until I was in like the third or fourth grade. And this is in the 80s. And, um, you know, a parochial school in a small southern town, uh, you know, they 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 had Halloween festivals that were decidedly non-morbid. So I wasn't really exposed to the morbid side of Halloween. It was all pumpkins and hay rides and scarecrows and princesses. And so we didn't, you know, they didn't allow like witches. They didn't allow ghosts. They didn't really allow nice. like skeletons or anything having to do with the macabre. Uh, nevertheless, I did discover it on my own. You know, we talked about in the last episode that I was on where I would watch Elvira and I would watch Scooby-Doo reruns and things like that. And so I did sort of stumble upon it on my own. My first experience with the idea of death was actually Bambi. As you mentioned, Disney movies. Oh. Mm. And my mother took me to see Bambi in the theaters because, you know, they they occasionally would re-release them in the theaters. This is a movie from the 40s, but they released it, you know, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, at some point in the 80s, early 80s, they released it in the theaters. My mom thought this would be so cute to go with her, like, six-year-old, you know, see. (laughs) I I made it, like, five minutes into the movie because then the mother gets shot and my mother's – I don't have a memory of this. She likes to tell the story. She thinks it's funny. (laughs) I lost lost my mind when Bambi's mother got shot. Like, lost it. Like, completely hysterical meltdown in the theater. She, like, dragged me out. I'm still going, her mother! You know, it was just a a whole train wreck. Sister with the Lion King. <laughs> it trauma, I'm telling you. Trauma. She was traumatized Disney. after Mufasa died. She went home. Dad, Dad, please don't die. Please. Same though. And I was like 20 when I saw it, but same. You know? Oh, I mean, no. Like, no, like, I mean, I was like six, and so that was my first inkling that, you know, like I think oh. that's probably what must have happened in my mind was that's I awful. understood that my that my mother could possibly die at some could, point. You right. know, when you're five like this must have been like a revelation to me. So um that was my first you know experience with the idea of of death was you know and and i just i obviously didn't handle it very well (laughs) so sorry (laughs) i have no memory of this but this is apparently so um you know but but i didn't really develop like this sense of like you know the macabre being 
imminent or like being like accessible to me personally. It was just something that I would read about. And, you know, I've been reading Stephen King novels um, since I was very young, which probably explains a lot about me. <laughs> you know, I've been reading since I was like nine. You know, my, my family is an immigrant family and none of them spoke English. And my mother did, but they, you know, they would buy me whatever books I wanted because they didn't really, you know, they <laughs> didn't know what was in yeah. them. So like I would, <laughs> oh, I would God. read because they were not English speakers. So I would go to the, you know, and I would buy all these horror novels and, you know, it's like a haunted child story and they're like, Oh, there's a little girl on the cover. So it must be okay. It must be for kids. <laughs> so and funny. It's fire. It's fire starter, you know? And so, like, oh so, so I'm reading that as like third grade. So I'm, you know, that's where I started getting this concept of like that people had an idea like other, I, I got the sense that there were a lot of opinions about what happens to you when you die, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't form a very strong attachment to any particular idea of it. I just kind of just kind of heard it from the peanut gallery and the horror community. <laughs> Everybody has a concept of what ghosts are and what happens to you when you die. And then there was church and this other, so there's all these ideas I, you know, the, yeah. of, of the afterlife that <laughs> I don't know if I really yeah. nailed down what I think yet. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, and it is a kind of a journey, uh, you know. As as uh, as young people growing up, you know, we are kind of brought into the fray because of family religion, family traditions. But we're going to talk about uh, family traditions in a minute. Um, uh, we are giving away a very special uh, giveaway, and uh, we got some details uh, on that. We'll be uh, right back in two minutes. All right, friends, time for a giveaway. Remember, you can't win if you don't listen. Tonight, we have a treat from our friends at Shudder, a scary, creepy, bloody ride from start to finish. The Shudder original from Top Dead Center Films. Stay out of the attic. All you have to do is tag us and tell us what your favorite part of this episode is and tag a friend. Use hashtag ShudderFear. Plus, you'll also get a 30-day free trial of Shudder so you can stream your fears. Ooh. Good luck, everyone. We'll pick a random participant right after Halloween. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Remember, follow us at Scarif Podcast. And thank you, guys. We are back talking about ghosts and ghouls with our friend Andrea and Shanti. Uh, are you guys scared yet? Um, getting there, getting there, <laughs> getting there, getting there, yeah, yeah. Braving the elements, braving the conversation. But, uh, you know, before the break, we were talking a little bit about, uh, culture and the commonality that we have. And obviously we all, all three of us share kind of a, a, a certain, uh, culture, uh, we, you know, with names like Gonzalez, right. Uh, we, we, um, we share that, uh, that Latin descent, um, I want to ask you guys if you want to uh, share some traditions regarding death in, in our cultures or maybe some, uh, you know, elements of death in, in our families or how we deal with it. Uh, I know we have a very varied, um, you know, culture and uh, there's a lot of traditions, you know, obviously I, the one thing that I remember 
going to see uh, Pixar with my mother and my son, um, going to see Coco, the Pixar movie, was especially traumatic for me because, yeah. and for the rest of the theater. Yeah. I remember going into the theater and we, the entire theater, left the theater crying, bawling their eyes out. And the people waiting for the next show were looking at us like, what the hell <laughs> oh, no. just happened? It the was just, doing now? I mean... Yeah, Pixar really knows how to do it. But uh, what other kind of traditions do you guys have in your families that you would like to share? This isn't a dream, then. You're all really out there. You thought we weren't. Well, I don't know. I thought it might have been one of those made-up things that adults tell kids, like... Vitamins. Miguel, vitamins are a real thing. So just so you know, I have actually not seen Coco yet. I have not seen it. Even though I'm I'm a big Disney Pixar fan. It's on my list, I know. And it's... It is on my list, but I'll tell you why, though, because everybody says what Rose says. Like, I cried my eyes out. I, saw, I know, that's why I don't want to watch it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, you it. have to be in the right headspace to, you know, because yeah. everybody, even people, I never cry. I got, I cried so hard. I got sick. Like, like exactly, wow, like yeah. extremely well, dramatic, you know, retellings I have of their experiences. PTSD. You know? I have PTSD still from watching Up. All right. Yes. I mean, so. Those, yeah. first, those first 15 minutes of Up. I'm glad I didn't horrible. see that movie in the theater. I saw that with friends at home, and I said, "Horrible, you need to hit horrible pause. trauma." <laughs> Mama, espera. Recuérdame. Hoy me tengo que ir, mi amor. Recuérdame. We're gonna have to do a watch party for Coco. <laughs> no, it's you know I've just, I just want to see me cry. Emotional. Oh God! So, because everyone says it's so wonderful and evocative, I just feel like I have to really be kind of in the in the mood for in something. The mood. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> my heart. Sure. Um, Sorry, what so was the question your... we got? Like. For my traditions, just you know, of course, the basic. You know, if someone passes away, there's normally a wake at a funeral home. And of course, especially being of a Cuban background, there's always food involved and telling stories, you know, and keeping the memory alive and trying to keep it somewhat jovial while also being respectful. And that's really what I was going to boil it down to is my personal family unit. We don't really have traditions of so much etiquette and respect for the dead. So, um, my first grandfather, for instance, who passed away on my mother's side, he actually used to work at a funeral home and the funeral home was part of a cemetery. It was memorial plan or something like that. And I remember visiting him during the summers when school was out, when my sister and I were young, my grandmother who was already retired would take us over there to visit him. And I remember being very conscious of where I was and not stepping on the graves, not speaking loudly or screaming or running around. And honestly, I'm kind of both happy and sad that I was exposed to that at such a young age because it did teach me to have great respect for the dead. But it also, believe it or not, created a massive fear of death because I started to ponder it from such a young age and it kind of created a bit of an anxiety in me that, believe it or not, I'm focusing on it now, 
it actually has hindered me from doing certain things because I was always so scared. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Like I'm the worst flyer. I hate mm. being on a plane right. and I'm pushing myself to, you know, get over those fears because my first thought is, is I don't want to give up seeing this country or the entire world because of my fear of dying in a fiery death. Right. <laughs> you know, that's not living. That's dying while living. And I'm not going to succumb to that. So, but yeah, in terms of traditions, no, just that kind of basic stuff, you know, mm -hmm. go to the wake, be respectful, pay your respects. And then of course, having an ex-husband who is Jewish, they do things very differently. As a as being raised Catholic, it's normally a little bit more somber. The Jewish uh, community, they don't do the whole funeral home thing. There is no viewing of the body or, or anything like that. It's more of what's done is done. And everyone sits Shiva and just goes to somebody's house. And there's just, you know, again, talking, eating, talking, more eating. And that's really it. I have to quickly interrupt. Andrea, did you see an apparition behind you? You just turned away from the camera. Uh, no, I was just, just talking to my family, telling them to keep it down. <laughs> Speaking of family traditions. Um, so yeah, I, I actually, I, I grew up, I spent a lot of time in Miami as well. My family is also Cuban American. And um, mm -hmm. I also went to a high school that was predominantly Jewish. And so not predominantly, it had a large, a sizable uh, Jewish population. And so a lot of my friends um, in high school and in early college were Jewish American as well. And so I did, that was definitely a very different tradition than it was, like Shanti said, it was very somber and uh, just, you know, the idea of sitting Shiva so the Jewish traditions were very different from Cuban American traditions. Um, you know, I had a friend whose father passed away when I was 19, and that was the first time that I saw, um, you know, some of the uh, the traditions that that accompanied uh, accompany the you know Jewish mourning and things like that. How it's expected to be for a certain amount of time, and it was very different from my experience. Um, I think for Cubans, it, it's there's something of a dichotomy because there is the Catholic tradition in, in I think it's probably true for most of uh, the Hispanic di diaspora in the Caribbean is that there's a heavy Catholic influence but there's also a ha um, you know heavy you know African influence as well like the Yoruba and Santeria and things like that and um, so depending on what roots your family claims in Cuba, it depends on, it, I think that really heavily influences your perception of death and the afterlife, as well as funeral traditions where, um, you know, Yoruba and Afro-Cuban traditions are very different than, you know, the very formal Catholic. I think it's very similar to probably all of the Catholic world, uh, you know, for people who are more heavily Catholic and, um, I know that uh, you know after uh, after the the Castro regime, you know that a lot of the religious uh, aspects of funerals the, on the entire you know con in the entire country um, were diminished or you know muted. But I think that the, that's kind of become more prevalent in the recent in recent times. So there's more more religious aspects to funeral traditions now in Cuba again. But in my own family. Um, you know, my family is very small and I was par primarily raised by my, my Cuban grandparents. And uh, my grandmother was a very pragmatic woman. <laughs> and she was a person of faith. She believed very strongly in the afterlife. She was a Christian woman and she was very, very person of very deep faith. However, she was a very practical person and she was very much, 
you know, she passed away last year and she, her, her entire wishes since I was a child, she'd be like, I don't want anybody getting dramatic at like a funeral for me. I don't want anybody <laughs> crying. I don't want anybody like screaming about how they can't live without me. She was like, tell me while I'm still alive to appreciate it. I don't want to hear. I don't want, she's like, you better make sure nobody's getting dramatic at my funeral. <laughs> so that was her wish. And we have honored that, you know, she just, mm -hmm. she wanted to be, you know, cremated, no fuss. She said, she will always say, send me flowers while I'm still alive. So she was a very, very, and we did. And I like to think that we did that, that we took care of her, you know, while she was uh, still with us. And she was very funny. And just like I said, a very, a very, you know, plain spoken person. She, she was, uh, you know, we didn't really, when my grandfather passed away, we didn't really have a we had a small memorial yeah. and that was, yeah. that was a long time. It was 25 years ago. And so when she passed away, she, she pretty much said, you know, when I'm gone, that's just cremate me and, you know, remember me for all the stupid stuff I said, you know, <laughs> she would she would say, remember me laughing. She doesn't want anybody, you know, tearing the, at their clothes and, you know, throwing right. themselves on her casket saying, take me with you. No, she didn't want any of that. You know, <laughs> she wanted a very, very, you know, just no frills. And uh, that's what we've done. That's kind of our family, <laughs> our family that's tradition. So, no, it's, I'm the same way. My family's just like yours because both of my grandfathers, when they passed away, there was no wake. Yeah. There was, there was no wake. There was no inviting people to the house to have food. They, they really were like, I've lived long enough. Don't worry about it. Just, just you know, cremate me. And it's, over. you know, yeah, just very, don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. When my, when my grandfather passed, when my grandfather <laughs> passed, I, it's fine. people asked sad. her, yeah, people asked my grandmother, you know, do you want us to have like a, like a gathering at the house? We can bring food. And she was like, no, 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 we're, no, that's not, no. <laughs> she was just not having it. And it wasn't because she didn't, she, it was my grandfather's passing affected her virtue. They were together 50 years, you know? So it wasn't that she wasn't right. affected by it, but she just was, just was not buying into this whole, you know, funeral thing. But I mean, I've been to, all kinds of Cuban funerals in, the, in my life. Mm -hmm. And, and they, they range from very, very formal to very mm -hmm. similar to like what I guess the Irish would say, the Irish wakes and a lot of people, right. you know, music and laughing and just remembering the person in a fond mm -hmm. way. So everyone I've been to is somber. Yeah. Somber, but yeah. dressed to the nines. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Somber and, and judging. That's, I guess more, more traditional. <laughs> kind of like exactly. judging each other. Oh, I have. Major, yeah. like I would actually love to go to Mexico for Dia de los Muertos. Like I yeah. would love to go there for that. Honestly, I like the way that they celebrate uh, death in the afterlife. It's very different. Mm -hmm. Very different. It's beautiful than your usual mm -hmm. trend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you said it. You know, one thing for sure is the concept of ghosts, especially the preservation of the memories of those that have that have passed, is a uh, is a very beautiful thing. Um, and I, I think that's pretty cool. I think, uh, whether, whether you're scared of ghosts or you think of them, uh, as something, you know, extra special, um, as I mentioned, you know, family members that have passed, I think, uh, you know, it's an interesting concept and, uh, I do believe that, uh, you know, we are this energy, you know, crude matter as yoda said these are are just our shells and uh you know so it's 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 very interesting you know ghosts and ghouls we talk about them on halloween but we uh 
there's a, an aspect of ghosts in general, really, that uh, that permeate our minds, I guess, throughout uh, our everyday you know, thoughts, whether you want to get on a plane or not, <laughs> whether you want to, you know, go uh, see a scary movie, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Have pretty you, have you ever, have you ever had a personal encounter or anything like that? Uh, two. So when I was, uh, maybe five years old, I remember seeing, patterns of light and apparitions over my bed and um, my mom would take uh, scissors and open them so they make a cross and then lay them on the headboard of the uh, you know my headboard at the time used to have like a shelf so she would take a pair of scissors open them and put them on there Um, which I guess you know it's not very safe because it's scissors yeah but the the um i think i talked to my mom years later and she felt that it was her mother coming back because her mother was a real real mean lady piece of work she uh she was a piece of work (laughs) very abusive Uh, to the kids i mean this was um you know early 19 late 1800s late uh, early 1900s in mexico rural. Say 1800s. yeah so it's uh yeah very you know yeah. and her mother was a spitfire my great grandmother mm. so she always felt like it was it was her like coming back to cause more havoc right, she never right. trusted those lights more recently when my father passed away in 2008 uh the day after he passed away my son and i decided to spend the night um at my mom's house so she wouldn't be alone and i had this dream where the house shook and i woke up so in the dream i thought i was uh, i thought i was actually awake um i went to the back room where my father passed because there was a very intense light coming from the room. I walked in there, and as soon as I walked in there, the house stopped shaking. I was at peace, and I looked up at this very bright light, and I can feel my father's essence, and I heard his voice say, Rohe, he used to call me Rohe. He used to say, he said, uh, Rohe, thank you for everything, I'm fine. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. It is. And, you know, I I think about that dream all the time, and especially with, uh, you know, watching movies like Coco Mm -hmm. uh, brings that back. Um, Even even things, uh, scenes in, in movies like Tron, when Tron came out and Flynn, who was trapped in the computer, and his son comes and sees him for the very first time in years. The son thought that that his dad had abandoned him, but he was just trapped in this computer. When they came together, I lost it. Because again, it was it was almost like an afterlife. Dad coming to meet, you know, the son again. And it brought me back to that moment where I feel that my father sent me a message from the afterlife saying, I'm good. And I just again I just lost it. Lost it. Wow. 
Yeah, I, that, I've never experienced anything like that myself. But um, after my grandmother passed away, my grandmother was very close to my son, who's in his twenties. Um, he was she was actually my my birth partner, so she actually helped me <laughs> give birth to him. And so um, she she's known him literally. She was the first person to hold him, so they were very very close. So such a privilege for him to get be so close to his great grandmother. And you know, obviously, it hit us both very hard when she passed last year. And um, he's not a person who has a lot of vivid dreams or things like that. But a few weeks later, he did tell me that he had a dream uh, similar to what you were saying, um, Rose, that, you mm-hmm. know, that he uh, that he uh, encountered her and that she looked healthy and, you know, happy. And that he she assured him, you know, hey, everything's going to be OK and I'm fine. And it's like but, um, you know, and so for him, that was very meaningful, you know, that to have that, that type of dream um, because he said it felt very real. And once again, nothing like that has happened to me. I would love that. I would love to feel like I had, you know, once again, nothing has, you know, I would love to have an encounter like that and see my grandmother even in my dream. But it's just, I don't know. It didn't, but he had a very similar experience to what you said. Well, wow. Now it's some time yeah. for my grandfather's story then. Yeah. <laughs> my first grandfather who passed away, oof, God, 10 years ago. So this is my mom's mom. He was the one that always picked up my sister and I from school. He, him and my grandmother, they were the ones that we spent the summers with because my other grandparents were still working at the time. So, you know, that was the deal there. Now, he wasn't a very emotional man. He wasn't very affectionate, but that's not to say that we didn't know that he loved us. We knew that he loved us. He, he had lots of books, a beautiful garden. We would spend time with him. This is the same grandfather that worked in the funeral home. He ended up getting sick, unfortunately. I was on my way to go and say goodbye to him in the hospital because we knew he was kind of on his last leg. My parents said, no, he's fine. Don't worry about it. I turned around and left. Of course, as it always goes, he got a little bit better. Pretty much a week later, he passed away. I was devastated because I didn't get to say goodbye, which is the same thing that happened with my other grandfather. I didn't get to say goodbye to either one of them. He had a mango tree in the backyard that was absolutely beautiful and his ashes were spread back there. And because I didn't get to say goodbye, I kept having dreams with him. And then one day I had a dream where I was in Walmart and I saw him at Walmart walking towards me and I went right up to him crying because I just have always, you know, had issues. And I asked him and I said, Abuelo, are you proud of me? And he said, yes. And then I asked him, Abuelo, are you in heaven? And he said, yes. And I woke up and I said, and as comforting as that was, I also hated it because I felt like this was now a ghost haunting me because I was having so many dreams with him. And I felt this was my unfinished business because I didn't get to say goodbye to him. So finally I couldn't take it anymore. And I went to my grandmother's house, went to the backyard where his ashes were spread in the mango tree, had my moment, said my goodbyes to him. I have not had a dream with my grandfather ever since then. That was it. That was it. And when that happened, I said, I'm never letting this happen again. And I would, every Wednesday, my alarm would go off at six o'clock. And I would call my other grandfather and to talk to my other grandparents. So when my other grandfather passed away this past November, even though I didn't get to say goodbye to him also because of COVID and not visiting him, but because I had called him religiously 
every single Wednesday. And my parents telling me, you know, Abuelo notices it and he tells us all the time that, oh, Shanti called today. I talked Aww. to her. He loved it. <laughs> and as much as it still devastated me that I didn't get to say goodbye to him either, I just by doing that and not having, I guess, that guilt and that ghost, I have not had any dreams or anything like that with my second grandfather. So it's it's really amazing how those things can can weigh on you. So as we said, ghosts can be something of the afterlife or it can be something that's haunting you personally. We will never know. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe we will. Yeah, you never that's, know. That's the, that's the fun part of it, trying to figure yeah. that out. But yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's mysterious. It's uh, it's human nature. It's, uh, it's really cool. <laughs> Thank you guys for sharing Andrea. those lovely stories. Those were like really Yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. It always gets deep. Yeah. No, it's good though. It's good deep. You know? It always gets deep. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. Go see Coco. Go see Coco. Okay. I will see. I will have to see. I'm going to put it on my to watch list oh, for the. I'm going to have to go to Costco and buy like a whole panel of tissues. <laughs> well, exactly. you, can, you have to watch it like at like one o'clock in the afternoon when you're. Yeah, to give me time to process yeah. and watch something else. <laughs> It's red, I'm your I'm your Where should I put my shoes? I'm your I'm your You say put them on your head. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this uh, very special Halloween show, uh, the Halloween edition of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Andrea, big, big thanks to you. Thank you so much. You're always so much fun to uh, to mm-hmm. collaborate with. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. And good luck on your new project, yes, uh, which is luck. probably a month old at this point, uh, <laughs> on release. But uh, and I'm probably absolutely. co-hosting that one too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll reel you in somehow. <laughs> <laughs> too oh, funny, man. too funny, Andrea. Where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me at Plus Verb on Twitter, where I'm just you know I do a lot of retweeting and I talk a lot about. Horror and comic books and pop culture in general. So that's that's usually plus verb is where you can find me pretty much everywhere. <laughs> and speaking of finding you everywhere, you're everywhere literally now, Shanti, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm a ghost floating <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Just don't look under your bed. You know? <laughs> Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Haunted Mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. I'm just kidding. It's just me. But in any case, I wanted to take this time to go ahead and share not only my ghost story, but two other ghost stories that we received from two of our uh, lovely followers. And that's a shout out to both Zori and uh, Amanda. So thank you very much, ladies, for submitting your stories. Uh, To start out first, I thought I would go ahead and um, give my experience. 
And this actually goes back to my days in high school while I was still living with my parents. And being from uh, Miami, uh, where there is really no wind or draft or anything like that, uh, there was one night where I was getting ready to settle in and go to bed because, you know, used to be and still am quite the insomniac. And my bed at the time was pushed up against uh, the corner and I would keep all of my school books at the foot of my bed. Mind you, these are heavy textbooks. And I know I wasn't dreaming because uh, again, I was wide awake even, you know, at the point of getting ready to go to bed. And the uh, AC had just cycled through, so it was completely off. And again, it was one of those hot Miami nights, so absolutely no breeze coming through. And no sooner than 60 seconds after I turned off the TV and settled in uh, one of the books at the edge of my bed, I could hear the cover just flapping, open and closed, open and closed. And I have never been so scared in my entire life. My hands were sweating, my heart was racing, I didn't want to move out of pure fear. I have never felt so paralyzed in my entire life other than uh, the two times that I've actually had sleep paralysis, which is a whole other story. So luckily, because my bed was pushed up against the wall, I had the remote right on my windowsill <laughs> and reaching out ever so slowly, I reached for the remote and turned on the TV checked the foot of my bed. Everything looked exactly how it was, but needless to say, I was freaked out the rest of the night and I proceeded to just sleep with the TV on for the rest of the night. It was something I will definitely uh, never forget. Um, I'm definitely sensitive. I've had other experiences, but that would take a whole other podcast for that. So now we're going to go ahead and move on to Amanda's ghost story. Now Amanda's ghost story reads more like a, a typical ghost story, something that you would actually read in a book where she went ahead and said that she was once upstairs with her wife and they were packing for a weekend to Scarborough. As they were packing, they both noticed the distinct smell of pipe tobacco, and it was filling up her room. She looked at her and asked, did you smell that? And she responded, it's probably just Jack the ghost. Now Amanda, being the skeptic as she always was, said, uh, Amanda, being the skeptic as usual, went over to see if there was an open window somewhere in the house. The minute she left her bedroom, the smell was gone. But when she returned inside, the smell was still there. Amanda checked all the windows and went downstairs where her in-laws were drinking tea in the kitchen, listening to the morning news. She asked them if they smelled pipe tobacco. They both shook their heads and just laughed. Amanda's father-in-law says that Jack was just checking out the Yankee. So that's pretty 
chilling. Um, as for Zori's ghost story, uh, this one had to be uh, greatly edited. Thank you, Zori, for your <laughs> dissertation. But nonetheless, uh, I have tried to edit as much as I could and hopefully capture the essence of her ghost story. So here we go. Until the age 11 or 12, I lived in an old farmhouse out in the country, outside a small town in Virginia, complete with original doors and skeleton key locks. I never felt comfortable in that house, and neither did my mom. I clearly remember from an early age not liking the closet in my parents' or my sister's bedroom. As a little kid, I have clear memories of my crib being up against the closet door in my parents' room because it was on the side that my mom slept on. I would lie awake and look up at that closet door, and I just knew something was in there that I didn't like. This was confirmed in later years when my mom told me a story about that closet. I was still little, but I was sleeping in my own bed in my sister's room, and one night, my mom was lying awake, and she clearly saw a very dark shadow drift out of the closet and come towards her. She jumped out of bed and ran down and ran down the steps downstairs. Of course, my dad slept through all of this. She sat at the bottom of the steps facing the stairs with her back to the front door for a long time, just staring at the, at the top of the stairs. She didn't see that shadow again, to my knowledge. Then one day she was home alone while the kids were in school, along with myself and my dad was at work and doors would slam shut on their own. Since we lived out in the country, we kept the doors unlocked, and on sunny days, my mom would keep the front door open because we had one of those old-fashioned wooden screen doors. And when that thing slams, it would make a distinct sound. That screen door would open and slam shut, and no one was ever there. She took to locking it with the old-time hook latch on it and made no difference. We moved out of that house into a brand new home in town when I was around 11 or 12. Now one would think since we moved to a brand new house, there would be no issues. That was not the case. And from the very first night we moved in, things started to happen. We had a kitchen dining room combination separated by the kitchen island. There were two doors, one that led into the living room and one that led into the main hallway of the house. When we went to bed that first night, we had left some, some of those 20 ounce bottles of soda sitting in the middle of the kitchen island. We were all woken up by noises in the kitchen. It was a one story house so easy to hear from the bedrooms. When we went in there and turned on the lights, a couple of the bottles of soda were on the floor still rolling around. We had no cats at the time that could have jumped on there to knock them off and we only had a small dog at the time and she was sleeping in my parents' bed with them. From then on, it would be cabinets in the kitchen slamming at night. My mom would get up and ask me why I was making so much noise and I would ask her what she was talking about because I thought it was in her, in the kitchen. It was never any of us. The kitchen had those two entrances which had doors we could shut if we wanted. During the summer when I was home alone, I would wake up and both kitchen doors would be shut. 
I would ask my parents, why are they closing the kitchen doors? And they said they never closed them. My bedroom was down the hall and the spare bedroom was next to mine. My parents' bedroom was on the other side of the house across the kitchen. I hated the spare bedroom because I always heard noises in there, like scratching at the closed door. It manifested to us seeing solid figures that appeared to be male. The first time was in broad daylight and I was in the kitchen with my mom. She was doing some cleaning and I was fixing something to eat when all of a sudden I thought I saw someone standing in the doorway of the kitchen. That led to the main hall. I turned around to look and no one was there, but our little dog was barking at the doorway and my mom saw it too. It was clearly a male figure and dark colored. From time to time, when we were in the living room watching TV, we would catch that figure darting from my parents' bedroom into the kitchen and then the dog would bark. Then we got the bright idea we would play with the Ouija board. Dumb idea, by the way. And at first, it was just your typical stuff. Nothing too serious. Then it started spelling out something about fire and houses. Not too long after that, two separate houses in our neighborhood experienced chimney fires with heavy damages to their homes. We were friends with these people, and so this caused my dad to go up in our attic to inspect our chimney. Sure enough, it was not properly done, and there were spaces that sparks could get through and light the insulation on fire. These were the newer type chimneys, not the old brick style. He fixed that, but we stopped using the fireplace. We moved from there when I was 16, and I have not had any issues since then. I have lived in a couple of houses that just didn't give me a good vibe, but I have never seen or heard anything again. Whew, spooky, spooky stuff. Well, I really hope that everyone enjoyed not only our episode on ghosts, and a big thank you to Andy for joining us, but I also hope that you enjoy these three very chilling stories. And with that, I will say, that's the scuttlebutt. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>